Hello, and welcome to Sobercast, where we provide AA speaker meetings and workshops in podcast format. We're an ad-free podcast, and if you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by visiting Sobercast.com, look for the donate link, and drop a dollar or two into our virtual basket. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Have a great day. Thank you, Mark, Steve, and Nigel. And I'd like to introduce tonight's final speaker, Amy. Hi, my name's Amy Malcolic. Hi, And uh, thanks for asking me to share, and congratulations, Wayne. And I was looking forward to, you know, hearing Wayne's birthday share. I hadn't heard him share, and then I get the text, and uh, sharing 25 minutes Friday. I think the big one. And uh, all day I've been self centered about it. Work's annoyed me finishing late. I'm thinking, don't they know I've got a bloody share tonight? I just got a disco and she's late. Don't know I've got a share tonight. All day, I don't know. And, I, and then I get here and I just think, oh, that, all that is crap. Do you know what I mean? I'm just sharing my experience to try and help the newcomer like people did when I got here. Do you know what I mean? And. Uh, you know, just to get a better perspective of it. And, uh, you know, no one else understands me and knows me like the people in my home group. And, um, you know, it is a privilege to be sharing up here this evening. And, um, you know, if there's anyone new or visiting or, you know, coming back again, you know, welcome. This is my home group. The people in here shared a message of recovery to me. They showed me, you know, showed me what alcohol alcoholism is and uh you know how to re- how to recover from it and uh you know when I got here I was 17 and uh I can remember my first meeting of this group on a Tuesday night and it was um Pam in the days of the Raj actual birthday and um she had like a cake at the meeting and it was all like tea through the hatch and but there was just something about the meeting like before the meeting actually started like you know, people, everyone was friendly. I don't want to talk to anyone, do you know what I mean? I was just there, my head was down. I just hated social situations. I didn't know whether I was an alcoholic or not, um, but I just knew that I couldn't have carried on like that. I had constant suicide thoughts. My, I just screwed my life up so bad. And here I was, do you know what I mean, at Alcoholics Anonymous. It just couldn't, it felt like it just couldn't have got any worse. And, um, but, you know, that was the start of something. Do you know what I mean? That was, you know, I heard there, you know, about alcoholism and I, I could identify completely, you know, and, uh, you know, I started off drinking like all of my other friends, you know, we were in the park with some cider and I just absolutely loved the effect it had on me. I was always a bit shy, nervous, so, you know, socially awkward, but, um, you know, a, f- a few bottles of cider, do you know what I mean? I was just having the time of my life, I didn't care what people thought of me, I talked to the boys I fancied, I was just, just loved what it did for me, and I was obsessed with it from the start, you know, I would plan my next drink, like Monday morning, how are we going to get the money, who's going to get it, and I'd just be obsessed with getting to the weekend, getting out and drinking with my friends, and, um, you know, it, it quickly progressed from that to... um you know, consequences, things I dealt with, disgusting antisocial, waking up in the morning with that awful feeling of dread. And my friends had this pact where they would all discuss what happened the night before, just get it out in the open. And I just didn't want to know. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just did not want to know what had happened the night before. And um, uh, I would just try different things 
to make me feel better because being sober was just uncomfortable. I'd hate to go anywhere on my own. I just couldn't deal with my emotions. I just couldn't live life. Everything was would just tip me over the edge. I mean, it wouldn't take a lot and I would just be in like a suicidal, depressive state. And, um, you know, I thought if I could just get the right boyfriend, if I could just lose some weight, if I could just have these friends this close. I mean, everything externally... I'd moved from my mum's to my dad's to my nan's background again. Um, I was just irritable, restless and discontent. You know, I just wasn't, I wasn't grateful. I was just miserable. I was just, I just wanted, I just blamed everybody for, you know, how I felt. And um, I would just drink, do you know what I mean? Just to cope with my emotions, I think, you know, and I would just get drunk and, awful things that I would just just do discussing awful things I would wake up and I think that is it I can't <coughs> do that anymore and you know maybe a couple of days later I'll just be like well I'll just drink inside it's because I went out that that was the problem do you know what I mean and just I would just end up drinking again I just couldn't had no I couldn't stop or control my drinking and um it just got it just got worse and um uh, you know, I just got to a point where I would, I was just, I was just like suicidal. Do you know what I mean? I just, I just couldn't live that. My head was a mess. I was just screwed everything up. People wouldn't talk to me. I was, it was just, it was just horrendous. And um, I didn't really think that I was an alcoholic because I wasn't physically addicted to alcohol. I didn't wake up in the morning with the shakes. I didn't um, drink in the morning. You know. I wasn't even bloody legally old enough to buy the stuff. You know what I mean, I didn't think that I was was an alcoholic, but I just knew that I couldn't stop drinking, and I couldn't carry on the way I was. And and when I come here, I heard about alcoholism. That all of that stuff didn't didn't even matter. Do you know what I mean? It didn't matter what I drank, when I drank it. All that was just that was just like a red herring. None of that stuff mattered. You know, alcoholism. Once I took that first drink, it's up for craving beyond my control. And and I'll just drink and drink. And that happened every time, you know. I'd try and <laughs> go out for a couple, but it never happened. And, um, you know, I had no effective mental defence against that first drink. The consequences of my drinking. There was times I'd convinced myself that I'd, I'd solved all my life problems. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is it. Do you know what I mean? I, I have got it sorted. And... Um, and it wouldn't last, do you know what I mean? It'd be a couple of days and I'd just be drinking again. Do you know what I mean? It would just be back to normal. And I just, I used to think, like, how did that happen? I know what I'm like. Like, how does it happen? And, um, but it's because I'm, I'm powerless over alcohol. And, um, you know, and what was an offer here was a solution to my alcoholism. And, um, you know, there was talk of God and spiritual experiences and life beyond your wildest dreams, and it all just sounded very fluffy, very lovely. Do you know what I mean? But just like, um, I just felt like I, maybe I needed something a bit more medical, a bit more something with some substance almost. But do you know what I mean? I, I just couldn't have been further from the truth. You know, this has got depth and, and weight and um you know but I just didn't know that my head was a complete mess I'd look around the room as a newcomer and um I'd be like I can see why you need to do it why it works for you but and all this crap and it and it was just all in all in my head none of it was just real do you know what I mean and um 
And I had step one, basically. Out of that desperation came a willingness to do what it took, and I got a sponsor, and, um, you know, and Gail sponsored me, and she told me precisely what I needed to do in order to recover. There wasn't any grey areas, do you know what I mean? If you do this, you know, get a big book, do your daily suggestions, get to the meeting, meet up with coffee, ring me every day, ring me at this time, exactly what to do. Um, I didn't have to think about it, do you know what I mean? I just had to do it, and, I, you know, out of that desperation, I just done exactly what she asked of me, despite what I thought and what I felt about it, I just, I just did it, and um, I can honestly say, like, within a couple of weeks of just doing everything she'd asked me to do, that obsession with alcohol was gone, and, um, you know, I thought I might be able to stop drinking, but I would always have that in my mind that I'd have to remind myself not to drink or, you know, like it would always be there, but that was just gone. And, um, she took me through the 12 steps and, um, just what an incredible, incredible thing, you know, I didn't have any concept of God or a higher power. And, um, like I'd been to church a few times with the brownies, you know what I mean? I can remember I just was bored. I would just clean my shoes or, mess about, do you know what I mean? I wasn't into God or anything like that and um you know, but I just I didn't have to be. Do you know what I mean? All I had to do was be willing and um you know, I'd get on my knees and pray and, and you know, that just come over time. Do you know what I mean? That that um relation you know, that belief in a high power but I just needed a willingness to start and um you know and and step four was was a major thing for me because um, Gail gave me these list of defects of character and I went, oh, well, I don't think I've got them all. And, you know, I can see I'm a bit jealous, but the rest, do you know what I mean? Like, I just... But she showed me how to take my inventory and, um, do you know what I mean? Like, I just had loads of it. Do you know what I mean? I just had loads of it and it just, I just wrote down everything and I was completely honest. And I heard people sharing the meeting about they weren't honest on their step four and they drank or, the, you know, and I just thought... I'm just too scared to go back to the life that I had. Do you know what I mean? I was just completely honest. I wrote down everything. I took my inventory. I looked at that last column of my defects of character and um, it just made me realise, do you know what I mean? And take responsibility for my alcoholism. You know, it wasn't everybody and everything else. And I shared it in my step five. And that is like one of the single best things that's ever happened to me. Do you know what I mean? Just, just... being completely honest with somebody and just getting it all, all that CD, disgusting, embarrassing, trivial, all of it, all of it, just sharing it all with my sponsor. And um, and she didn't really blink line though, do you know what I mean? Like, to me, it was just such a big deal. And But she was just like, you know, you're an average alcoholic, you know, put your hand up at the meeting. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like she wasn't judging me or anything, and I was just terrified of it, but it was... And afterwards, I come away and had that quiet hour and um and I just felt like I'd been given a chance a new chance at life I didn't have to like um do you know what I mean hold my head down do you know what I mean I could just look the world in its eye and I was free from all of that and um you know just just what an incredible thing that is for an alcoholic like me and um and all that fear do you know what I mean I was just so fearful of everything just just gone and um she took me through the rest of the steps and got to step eight, which was almost as hard to write as my, harder in some ways than my step four was. It was like more writing. And um, I still felt like some people had hurt me 
more than I'd hurt them. But once I did that, you know, and they say, you know, just take one step at a time. Don't don't look at the ones, but, you know, alcoholic, we look at the next one, four on it. But by the time you've done one, you're ready to do the next. And I up my step eight, and I was done it. And, you know, I'd looked at how, if that happened to me, how I would feel. And after doing that, do you know what I mean? I was ready to go and make all of my amendses. It didn't matter what they had done to me. Do you know what I mean? I was willing to right my side of the street and... Um, you know, the big ones are my family, really. You know, I hurt them. The people I love the most, I hurt the most. And, you know, I just can remember, I just ring them up in the middle of the night and I'll be like, yeah, and I'll tell them everything that was wrong with them and why, what they'd done to me and that I'm going to kill myself because of that. Do you know what I mean? I used to just do things like that all the time. I used to go out and I was like 14, 15, just go out in Newquay to nightclubs, just go... <laughs> do you know what I mean? No one know where I was. I was just hella. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I just think I just put them through a lot, and um, you know. And then I was able to go and make amends for all the things that I'd done for them, all the worry I'd caused, all the hurt, all the things I'd said, all the things I'd done, and um, you know, they all went wow. Do you know what I mean? They just wanted me to just be all right and just keep doing what I was doing, and. Um, and from that, you know, from the, like, frayed relationships I had with my family, from the alcoholic mess that was our family, you know, over the years, you know, I've just got the most incredible relationships with my sisters, with my brother, with my nan, with my mum. I can't say anything because she's going to listen to it even though she's not here, but, you know. <laughs> but, um, you know, like... The, the relationships I've got with my family are just incredible and it's because of Alcoholics Anonymous it's because I've got a structure and a discipline in my life and I'm not you know trapped in all that emotional turmoil I mean they give me resentments I take my inventory and um, you know we've been like we all went out to Australia um, to stay with my brother all of us there was like those of us that went and um, you know just what what a you know, although there was a resentment, do you know what I mean? And people wound me off and what, but you know, what an incredible thing. Do you know, we couldn't even go out for a meal together before, do you know what I mean? And, um, and just, and just like, they, they just trust me. They don't have to worry about me. And, um, you know, just recently last year, they all helped me to buy my house. Do you know what I mean? Like, what an incredible thing I mean you know they wouldn't have lent me a fiver before do you know what I mean but that you know I've just got and that's because of Alcoholics Anonymous you know just keep you know trying to think of them trying to you know help them out not trying to get what I can out of people do you know what I mean just having a different attitude with my family and um you know that's just one of the things that AA has taught me and um you know my sponsor got me into good habits early and uh you know a lot of people would know girl 15 years ago do you know what I mean like we were on it do you know what I mean there was no um straying from the from the road and uh you know and she just got me into great habits early you know extra meetings car park meetings service I was always doing a, a talk or meeting up or doing something extra than you know and um you know, from like having nothing really going on in my life. And I always used to think from the Tuesday meeting to the Friday meeting seemed like such a long time when I was new. It just seemed like, oh, 
gosh, we've got, <laughs> just seemed like a long time. But, um, you know, like, so there was, you know, always, you know, just getting me into good habits early in service and all of those things have just stood me in good stead. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you're asked to share, you just say yes. If you, you know, ring, your sponsor gives you a time, you just ring them at that time. You don't ring them 10 minutes late. Do you know what I mean? All of those things just got me into good habits early and they may seem irrelevant when you're new and you know, like I can remember girls saying lots of things to me and I just didn't really get what she meant but like the meaning of those things I can see now and like sponsoring people you know it should be easy really do you know what I mean in a way because they should be sponsorable and you know just just wanting to get recovery and uh, you know I can just and it you know and sponsorship it is an incredible thing it, just having that one person on your side that you can just share honestly to and I see it like at work if someone's got a problem they just go around talking to everyone what should they do blah 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 blah. you know problem in their life whatever and I just feel like they just come back and they've just haven't really got any resolution for that but they've just overshared to everyone but I feel like I've just got this great thing where I've got a sponsor where I can just ring them up and say this has happened, they've pissed me off, I've done this. Do you know what I mean? I can just share with one person, they can just give me, not tell me what to do necessarily, but just say, you know, take your inventory, read the big book, work with a new kind of thing, you know, all of these things, now call it anonymous, and it's okay, do you know what I mean? I haven't got to, like, work it out, overshare with everyone, you know, and it's just an incredible thing to have a sponsor, and a sponsor that's um, just going to tell me what I need to do. Do you know what I mean? Like, not just pussyfoot around me not just agree with everything and that I think but it's just going to set me in the right direction and, and they want more for me than I can see for myself and um, you know and so I've had three sponsors so I've had Gail, Catherine and Andy and um, you know they've all been, just been hardcore road to recovery good sponsors you know what I mean like you know you know lovely you know, I love them all to bits, and um, you know, I just feel really grateful that I, that I've had that as well. And um, you know, and like from the life that I had, I just didn't have you know any aspirations of doing anything. Do you know what I mean? I was just like, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. It just felt like it was over. AA and what? Do you know what I mean? And then very quickly, just like my life has just has took off. I went to uni and I was able to moved away and um, you don't realise what we've got in Plymouth until you haven't got it. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, I'm three years I went away and um, no one ever wanted to meet me for coffee. Do you know what I mean? Like, not once. <laughs> and, um, you know, and we're lucky here. Do you know what I mean? You've got it after the meeting three nights a week. You just ring anyone and if people are available, they'll just meet you for coffee. Do you know what I mean? All of these extra things we've got in this home group just don't take for granted because not everywhere's like it. You know, there's something special here. And, um, yeah, but, you know, I was able to do that, go on my girls' holidays, you know, just not... And alcohol just hasn't ever, ever, you know, I haven't ever felt like I've needed to drink. And, um, you know, I just couldn't take any responsibility for my life. Um, for any problems, you know, when I first got the tea commitment, I got fast-tracked, and I can remember getting a text message of um, Nick Kay, who's not here, 
saying you're doing tea, bring the milk. And I rang my sponsor, oh, I've got to bring the milk. And it just seemed like a big deal. Like, I just couldn't handle anything. And, um, you know, that was like a, a responsibility then. And now, like, I look at my life now and the responsibilities I've got, like my job, um, I've got like a beautiful little girl, my house, I've got the dog, you know, just like a full and busy life full of like grown-up responsibilities like pensions and mortgages and life insurance, you know, all of those things which seem normal to other people. But for me, I just feel like blown away by it all. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just because I was just such a screw-up that couldn't handle buying the bloody milk before the meeting to have this life I've got now and and not to feel like do you know what I mean I don't feel like a complete alien at work do you know what I mean like I kind of can fit in with with other people and um it's because you know I just try to maintain what I found and you know I think like for the first nine years of my recovery amazing do you know what I mean and then I had Ida and and like almost my priorities change and um and we've seen other women, young women, that have gone and died. Do you know what I mean? Like, and they just or gone and drunk, and and the love for their children is not enough to keep them sober. Do you know what I mean? And and I just try and remember that my priorities have to be Alcoholics Anonymous. Although it's difficult sometimes, you know, getting babysitters twice twice a week, every week to get here to come to a meeting. You know, all those practical things but I just have to maintain what I've got because the love that I've got for her is not going to keep me sober in the long run it might keep me ticking over for a couple of years but and then I don't know what would happen do you know what I mean I just need to maintain what I found here because the reality of it is is that do you know what I mean that you know and um and that's you know this home group just it's just geared up to just like keep you safe. Do you know what I mean? Keep you in the middle. It gives you opportunity to work with newcomers, to sponsor people, to do service, and it's all here. You haven't really got to go out and find it like they did in that, you know, when Bill and Bob are starting Alcoholics Anonymous. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just geared up here for you to just recover, and um, and just being part of something like that. It's just it's just blow, blows me away, and just do those things that I did. On day one, every day, speak to my sponsor, speak to the other girls, you know what I mean? Just try and think of other people and to maintain what I found here. And uh, I don't always get that right, do you know what I mean? Sort of like sometimes I mess up, I don't get my, you know, I don't, I don't do service like I used to, all these things, but I just try my best and just maintain what I found. And, you know, if you're new or whatever your present circumstances, do you know what I mean? There's a place in Alcoholics Anonymous for you. If you're beaten by your alcoholism, if you felt, if you feel as bad as I felt when I got here, um, you know, that's good. Do you know what I mean? Like there's a solution in Alcoholics Anonymous and, and the variety of people here, you know, anyone can recover, you know, from, you know, just get yourself a sponsor, give yourself completely. And, um, I, I don't know what the time, I've got like one or two minutes. And uh, I just like to say, you know, thank you. And like, fifteen years is inc- is incredible. Do you know what I mean? I couldn't have stayed sober fifteen days, but um, thanks. But you know, it's 
from what I've shown and the old timers in this meeting. Do you know what I mean? I've just followed those that have gone before me, and uh, no, thank you very much. Evening, I'm Mike, and I'm an alcoholic. Um, very nervous alcoholic. Um, three wonderful speakers there, and I, I'm thinking, how do you follow that? And uh, I've got my sponsor's voice in the head going, you better be good tonight. You better be good tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's kind of weird, because the, the last time that I was stood up here, you know, and I, and I was sharing from here, um, I think I started off telling the little story that I'd just been to the doctors that day, and... Uh, you know, they give me a little examination, and his conclusion was, he said, uh, you're very twisted, Mike. You know, and uh, I've just been to the doctors again today. The you know, same guy who examined me again today, and he, and he, you know, he summed it up. He said, you're definitely not right. You're definitely... <laughs> 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 I, I call this out. I've got that one for tonight. You know, and... Um, yeah, well, it says in the big book, actually, it does say somewhere in there, it says, uh, there's a little line, something like... Um, Doctors are rightly loath to tell them, you know, and I thought, this bloke's pulling no punches, is he? You're <laughs> twisted, there's something wrong with you. But, um, he was talking about me back, you know, I've been <laughs> But, um, you know, but basically, you know, it, that does sum me up, you know, I'm, I'm twisted, there's not something wrong, there's not, you know, I'm, I'm not right, I'm definitely not right. And, uh, I knew that for years and years and years, I knew I was not right, something was going on, you know. I, I started drinking, and, um, you know, it's fun. It was just what we, what people do. You know, you have a drink and, uh, you know, teenage years and stuff like that. I was having fun. It was great. It, it was wonderful. You know, I, I knew I drank right from the off. I drank differently from my mates, but I just seemed to enjoy it more than they did. Um, a bit later on, it started to become more of a bit of a problem for me. You know, that, that was, all, it was a bit of a problem. I was recognizing that. But then as it went on, I started recognizing more and more that it was, it was more than just a bit of a problem. There's something wrong with me. You know, um, Ben said it, you know, I was drinking when I didn't want to drink. And that was happening with me. That I, I seemed to be drinking it. I, I just had this immense skill of getting drunk at the wrong times. You know, something would be coming up, something important that I needed to be sober for. And I just seemed to get drunk. You know, it, it just seemed to happen time and time and time again. You know, there was times when I, I wanted to do right with my daughter. You know, I'd make plans with her, you know, I'm going to do something, we're, we're going to go to pictures, we are going to go to pictures, and, um, you know, it'd be, right, tomorrow, we're going to do it tomorrow, it was always tomorrow, you know, we'll do it tomorrow, and I'd get up in the morning and i think, well, just have a couple of cans, a couple of cans just to take the edge off of things, and I'd end up blind drunk, you know, I'd spend the money that I'm going to take the, take the pictures with, I'm blind drunk, I've done it again, and, and we'll go tomorrow, we'll go tomorrow, and this just seemed to keep happening and happening and happening. And I didn't know what was wrong. And I started looking for help. And um, the first place I went to, they directed me here. You know, and I took you having a laugh. This is the last place, the last place that I want to be. Sat in a room in a, in a church hall with a bunch of drunks. You've you got to be kidding. I do not want to be there. So, and, you know, Mick talked about self-will. You know, I, I run around, you know, I'm not going to listen to these people sitting in there, what do they know? They don't understand. So I started looking for help in a lot of different places. You know, I bounced around all over the place. And it was good people that I was talking to, you know, very good people. Unfortunately for me, they didn't understand my problem. You know, I'd go in, I'd get detoxes in places, you know, and, and they, they just didn't seem to understand my problem because they all kept saying, 
Go to meetings, Mike. Get a sponsor. Work a time. What's the matter with you people? You know, like, like Mick said again, you know, I'm, I'm not like that. I am not, I do not need to go to those meetings. You know, they talk a load of rubbish. They're talking about drink, which makes me, makes me want to have a drink, for God's sake, you know. They, they, it's just not for me. It's just not for me. And, and that's how it went for 10 years. You know, I, I bounced around all over the place looking for a solution to a problem that I had that I didn't know what the problem was. You know, I was so confused. I was so baffled. I knew I had a problem, but I wasn't really sure what the problem was. You know, okay, I'm drinking too much and I'm drinking it in, in a, you know, inappropriate times and inappropriate places, but it's everything else. I drink to give me that relief, you know, and, and I, I realized today how, how true that is, you know, that, that was true, but I didn't understand it at the time. I was going into these places, as I was saying, they was telling me to come along, along to the meetings, and I'd come into the meetings, I'd sit down, I'd have a listen, I'd get up and I'd walk out, especially when the word God got mentioned, right, it's not for me, you know, I found another one of those meetings where they want to talk about God, so I, I'd be off again, you know, and that's how it went for, for 10 years, I just got worse, and I got worse, and I got worse, and, um, you know, one of the stories that I've got of, like, the, the, the type of thinking that I've got, the, the, the trickery that goes on in my head, I've been in this place and I've done another detox and, and I'm getting set up this time to go to a self-help group and all I've got to do is stay sober for five days. That's all I've got to do, five days. And I'm thinking, well, that's going to be difficult, but I'm sure I can manage it. I'm sure I can manage it. But in between, it was my, my sister's birthday and I went to the pub with her and it was going well. It was going really well. I was convinced I'm not going to have a drink tonight. Not even a shandy. I've tried that one before. I have a shandy and something sets off. I said, I was, I was starting to get this understanding. Something sets off and I want to drink then. So I'm going to leave it all alone. I'll have a Coke. And it got to 10 to 11 in the evening. And I thought, I've done, I've done blinding. I've done brilliant. I've done absolutely wonderful. This is a doddle. It's 10 to 11. Last orders. I'll just have one. I can't have any more because it's 10 to 11. And, uh, that was it. I was gone. It, another year had gone out of my life. You know, I had that one drink. Never mind, it's the last order. I'm going to get some drink from somewhere. I was on the phone with this guy. You know, he's doing this run over to France and getting the alcohol. I owed him hundreds of pounds. When I sort of come round, I, I didn't even know I'd spent this much money with him. You know, I was in blackout, waking up with the DTs. I, I, I mean, the end result of it was a year was gone out of my life. I'm living in a shed. And I'm thinking, how did that happen? How did that happen? <laughs> you know, <laughs> One drink, 10, 10 to 11, one drink. <laughs> so I'm back in a detox and they're saying again, told you, told you, yeah, all right, smart ass, yeah. They, they kept telling me, unless you go and you work this 12-step program, unless you do that, the luckiest thing that's going to happen to you is you're going to end up back somewhere like this. You know, that's if you're lucky. A lot of people die. A lot of people die from the illness you've got. And I was thinking, that's a bit harsh, you know, come on, I'd like to die from this illness. But I just didn't understand. There was, there were certain things that I was picking up. There was certain self-knowledge that I was acquiring, but it meant absolutely nothing. What I learned when I got here, I was directed to the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. I, I got a sponsor for the first time, bouncing in and out for 10 years. For the first time, I got a sponsor and he said, buy one of those books. I said, well, I don't need that. I've got one of these books. He'd buy that book. Buy that book, that's what you need to do. You need to start reading that book, 
you need to start taking the actions that is presented in there. There's some simple rules, simple rules that you need to follow if you want to stay sober and if you want to be happy. And um, I want, I want up for it, really. I mean, in, in my head, it was, I mean, just before I got here, it was a guy coming, come round and see me. You know, I'd been in treatment with him, and he was as back and mad as I was. You know, I knew knew this guy inside out, exactly the same as me. But he come and visited me, and it, it was a different person. It was like a different man. You know, I've, I've since seen it in the big book. You know, there was something in his eyes. He was, it, it was something different about him. And I said, well, you know, what are you doing? He said, well, I've gone to the meetings, Mike. Like I said, and I've got this sponsor, and I've started working as twelve steps. All right, here we go. Here's another one. Here's another one. Now, I've been hearing that for years. But there was something in this guy. You know, there was there had been a fundamental change. And he was only on step four. You know, I said, like, what's going on? What is going on? And uh, he said, come along to the meeting. And the headspace I was in at the time, I was a bit of a suicide nut. You know, the only way I'd seen out of this was attempting suicide. So he kept putting me in the nutcase and that. 24-hour suicide watch, very embarrassing going to the toilet with the door open and they're watching you. you know, all that sort of stuff was going on with me. And, um, you know, the thought come in again, if that's it, if that's what I've got to do, go and sit in their knees, I've got to do this 12-step thing. I've got to go and listen to another guy and do what he's telling me to do. S- suicide. But then I thought, well, hang on a minute. And I flipped a coin. I thought, well, Ed's, I'll go for the suicide. Tells, I'll go to the meeting. So I come up for the tells to go to the meeting. I thought, well, best of three. You know, and, and I mean, it's amusing, and it's amusing to me now, but at the time, it was a serious, serious, you know, decision I was making here, you know. Suicide did seem the better option for me. But thank God, you know, the coin come up, and I thought, okay, I'll give it a go, I'll give it a go. So I came along, I sat down, I didn't hear a word what was said that night, my head was going, most of it was, shut up, Mike, sit down, don't move, don't move, just get a sponsor, just get one of these sponsors, sitting on my hands, shaking. I went and seen the secretary at the end of the night, I got one of these sponsors, and he he, he gave me some suggestions. He said to me, are you prepared to go into any lengths? And I'm like, yep, 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 I'm nodding in the right places, and I think it depends, depends what you ask me to do, you know, and... uh, he gave me some suggestions, you know, our other sheriffs talked about it, and he was telling me, get get to the meeting, get to the meeting early, get involved, start helping out. He was getting me involved in service, you know, get out on the doorstep, shake people's hands, you know, start thinking of other people. <laughs> it seemed a bit sort of drastic, you know, and then pray and, and write the prayer. He, he was giving me guidance, he was giving me guidance on starting me on the program, and he said, this will change you, despite what you think, Despite what you think, if you were at this program, then you will change despite yourself. You know, people were talking about it. Um, John, you've got a mate, Wayne. <laughs> so John, John used to share about this, um, this obsession going on in his head was removed. It got lifted. You know, and, and, and that was hooking me. When I was hearing him sharing that, I was thinking, I can identify with that. That thinking keep going on in my head. You know, I, I seem to have two thoughts going on in my head. You know, it's, I've got this one side that's going, don't do it again, Mike. Don't, don't have a drink. You have a drink, you know what happens. And there's this little voice starts talking to me. Well, wanna be alright. Wanna be alright. And it starts getting louder and louder. It just pushes the other voice out of my head. And all of a sudden, I'm convincing myself one way or another, I'm tricking myself into picking up that drink. And John was sort of uh, talking about that sort of stuff and saying it's been removed. Well, I'll have some of that. I'll have some of that. So uh, anyway, I got this sponsor, and um, I started doing these suggestions that just seemed 
weird. Just seemed absolutely weird. I was convinced, to be honest, I was convinced it's that weird that this guy is just giving me the weirdest things he can think of to do. Because he said, will you go to any lengths? Let's see if he does this. <laughs> if he does this and he comes back and says, yeah, I don't know, right, okay, right. Now this is what you've really got to do. But um, he didn't move from it. He, he didn't move. He just said, just do this on a daily basis. You know, things will start to improve. My experience was when I started to do that, when I started to follow his guidance, the, the very simple instructions that he gave me to do, from day one, I could only do half of them because it was, you know, it was the evening time. You know, I did half of them. And I just got this overwhelming feeling, you know, 10 years of bouncing in the of everywhere, always, always I had this niggling thing of, I know, I know I'm going to drink. And the longer it went on, the more I was convinced, well, I've been here before, I know I'm going to drink. This was the first time ever I got this overwhelming feeling of, I'm going to be all right. So, something's, something's different. Something feels different. I'm on the right path. And it, and it encouraged me. It encouraged me to carry on doing what he was suggesting me to do. And he started taking me through the program. And, um, you know, it's saying about the God business and praying. I didn't know what to pray to. And he said, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. I've got enough faith for both of us. I don't care if you believe in anything or not. Put these actions in. You're going to get the results. And as I say, I got the results day one. Things started to change for me. And he started taking me through the program. You know, Joe talked there about the uh, step four and... And, uh, you know, how she could see herself and things, you know. He, he, this guy gave me this list and he said, this is what I used, you know, and I had things like arrogance. And I'm like, well, he's arrogant, but I'm not. You know, dishonesty. He, no, I'll, I'll tell you the truth, mate. I'll tell you what your problem is. I'm not dishonest. You know, I'm the most honest person. I'll tell you all what's the matter with you. You know, I just didn't grasp what was going, what these defects were really. Until I started doing these actions, he, he showed me precisly what he had done. He laid it out, he said, this is what I've done, go away, have a look, bring back a page, let me see that you're on the right track. And it wasn't very long before, all of a sudden I started seeing, well, basically the nature of my illness. You know, what I said earlier about, you know, the drink not really being the problem. I could start seeing what the problem was. You know, it was my intolerance, it, it, it was, it was my self-pity. It, it was my pride. I dare they treat me like this. How dare that happen to me? Why ain't the world treating me better? Why ain't this happening? Why, why, why? Everything was a why, why, why with me. You know, the dishonesty was rife in me. It was always pointing the finger out. Was, again, as Joe said, you know, and I, I could start seeing the nature of my illness. You know, with all this stuff going on in me, life was so uncomfortable, so unbearable, that drink become my release valve. You know, I couldn't put up with the world with that type of thinking that's going on. And I couldn't see it. I couldn't see it myself until I started working these steps. And it started becoming apparent. There was, there was one day when it was a real, real sort of eye-opener for me. You know, the, the bus came along and I stuck my hand out and this guy's just looked at me and he just drove by. And normally I, a brick would have been through the back window. You know, that, that's the type of guy I am. You know, I, I'm a walking reaction. You know, it, how dare he do that? He's seen me. But it, it was it was surreal. You know, the first thought that, that popped into my head, along with a smile, you know, amazing, miracles happened, I smiled. This little thought come up in my head was, well, that's only your pride. You know, that's only your pride. And, I mean, that may sound a bit weird for newcomers. You know, that may sound like, I don't know what he's quite talking about. Get yourself a sponsor and t start taking these steps. 
and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about, exactly what I'm talking about. Instead of reacting, the thoughts start coming in of, that's your pride, mate. That is just your intolerance, it's your pride. And I started seeing where this guy was talking to me about an amazing fundamental change has happened, a, a complete psychic change through the 12 steps. But a psychic change was happening already with this guy when he was on step four, and it was happening for me as well. You know, all this business about, I do not want to be in these meetings, I don't want to listen to another guy, it ain't for me, the program. I mean, Ben said it, you know, the only thing in there that I recognize is alcohol. What are you talking, moral inventory, you know, making restitution for harm's done, it's everybody else that should be saying sorry for me. I'd started doing this stuff, and it started making sense once I started doing it. You know, it didn't make sense beforehand, but once I started doing it, the miracles started happening for me, the change started happening. You know, you get a copy of our basic text, it says in there about the, the ideas, the emotions and the attitudes that are the driving force behind somebody like me. You know, that's what's always going to have me in collision course with the world, everybody. You know, and, and the only ease and comfort that I'm going to get is picking up a drink. You know, and what I needed was a complete psychic change. And I didn't know how to do that. And these guys did. You know, I used the experience of the people that were here. They said, this is what we've done. If you do precisely what we've done, if you're prepared to go to any length, take these 12 steps, this psychic change will happen with you. Despite what you think, despite yourself, it will happen. And that started out, it was happening from day one, as I said. And, and you know, these guys were saying, it gets increasingly more wonderful as time passes. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm going to smack him one of them. And he's, he's, he's saying it to wind me up, you know. <laughs> Weird, isn't it? Hey? Weird, the alcoholic. Hey? Some guy is, you know, he, Dave Kay, you know, wonderful man there, wonderful man. I'm coming to the meetings and, you know, man, I'm constantly seeing work when you come in. He's there, he's got his hand out to me, welcoming me in. He's doing the right things. He wants me to recover. You know, his hands out to me. Mike, come on in. Good to see you, son. Son, I'll knock him. And I'm threatening to knock the guy out, you know. He's, there's a man who stood here, who's gone through what I've gone through, knows the type of thinking, he's got the same illness as me. He's taken actions that's given full recovery, and he's going, I want to give this to you. And I'm thinking, I'm going to knock him out, you know. It's a strange world of alcoholism, you know. But, you know, and he was my first amends, actually. But... <laughs> But that, that was the kind of distorted thinking that I had. You know, I couldn't see the life-saving stuff that these people were presenting to me. Time and time and time again, I'd sit here, you know, I was doing it, but my own personal experience, I was sitting here absolutely hating the meetings for three months. I was loving not being in there, doing this stuff, because I'm getting on with life, I'm meeting up with people, I'm smiling. All these wonderful things were starting to happen. And for some strange reason, I just didn't want to be here for an hour and a half. You know, it's driving me up the wall. He's going to say that, and she's going to say that. And he said that last week. And it, I, What I wasn't getting was, they ain't saying this for me no more. I've got this solution. What they're doing is they're, they're practicing exactly what it says in that book. They're carrying this message to the alcoholic that still suffers. It wasn't about me anymore. I had the solution. If I wanted to use it, then that was up to me. If I didn't, that, that was up to me as well. I had a sponsor that was going to guide me. He was going to take me through these 12 steps. These people were saying that for the benefit of the new person. You know, I, I was, I was stood there in the phone box phoning up my sponsor. And I, I hate the meetings. I hate, and I hate her and I hate him. I hate everyone in there. And the guy stopped me dead. 
He said, Mike, why are you still going? Why are you still going? And, and my thinking don't actually go that far. It really don't. I don't get to the point of why am I still... I'm just getting to the point of I ate him and I ate her. That's what I know. That's where I'm stopping. And it is to say, stop me in my tracks. And I had to think about it. And why am I still going? Why? The only answer I could come up with was, it's working. It's working. For the first time in my life, I had found something that had removed that obsession, that had removed that, that thinking that was going to trick me time and time and time again into picking up that drink. That's why I was coming. I wasn't coming to listen to you lot. I was coming here to do what, what I was told to do. Give this away. If you want to keep it, give it away. Stop being selfish. Selfishness and self-centeredness is the root of my problem. The book tells me that. I believe all that stuff in the book now, you know. That's my problem. I'm selfish to the extreme. I need to start thinking of other people, especially I need to start thinking of the other alcoholic. I need to be stood here saying, if you want recovery, if you want what we've got, then you will do what we've done. And there's plenty of people in this room that have got the experience that will be able to take you through these 12 steps. And this business about God, you know, this nonsense that they all kept talking to me about for years, you know, that actually happened for me as well. Something started happening where I was getting these coincidences, that's a coincidence, these good things, you know, coincidence happened, coincidence. And it just became so many coincidences in my life that this is just too much of a coincidence for it to be a coincidence, you know. Some, something, something is, something is working. I'm getting on my knees and I'm praying to something I don't know what I'm praying to. I'm, I'm praying for a sober day. I'm getting on my knees at the end of it and I'm giving thanks for a sober day. And, and it, it started developing. It started growing and growing and growing with me. You know, I, I was promised. The whole point of that book was to introduce me to a higher power. And that's exactly what it's done. You know, I've got to practice on a daily basis. I've got to practice the principles of this program to the best of my ability. I don't always get it right. But I've got to do this. I've got to develop a, a conscious contact with a higher power and improve on that on a daily basis if I want to stay sober. If I want what these people are telling me, life gets increasingly more wonderful as time passes, then I've got to do these things. You know, I choose to do these things because I get the benefit out of them. You know, it's an absolutely wonderful life on offer here. You know, people were telling me this for a long time. Thank you. People were telling me this for a long time and, um, you know, I, I, I just couldn't hear it. I, I was defiant to the core. I wasn't going to do what you, you was telling me to do. I was speaking with a guy before the meeting started, you know, and, uh, we was talking about step one and, um, I hope you don't mind me sharing this, you know, we was talking about step one and whether it's a loss of step one if, if, you know, I, I, I want to change my sponsor and, and, and basically what I was sharing my own experience on that, I need to be able to look to a guy and say whether I believe what you're saying or not, whether whether I like what you're saying or not, I'm going to do exactly what you tell me to do. Exactly what you want, want me to do. Because I want to live. I want this happy life. If, if I can't listen to my sponsor, if I can't trust him for whatever reason, then I need to change sponsors. You know, I've, I've, I've got the best sponsor in the world. I, 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 this man can tell me anything. He can tell me to go and say sorry to people and I'll go and do it. You know, nobody else could do that. Nobody. So what I would suggest is, you know, get yourself a temporary sponsor, whatever. But while this is all happening, get in a good answer and start doing this stuff. But look for somebody, look for somebody that you can just have that much humility that you're going to do precisely what they tell you to do. 
They're going to give you some instructions out of that book. My sponsor gives me experience of his life. I, I don't, I'm, I, this, is a, this is a personal opinion. I don't hold with, it's all got to come out of that book or don't listen to him. I look at my sponsor for, he's been living this program. I want his advice on all sorts of things. If he tells, if he says to me, well, it's up to you, Mike, but I would turn left. I turn left. End of story. I want to follow in this man's footsteps because I found such a wonderful life on offering it. You know, God directs me. God, God, I've got that, that conscious contact with God, but I need to check certain things out with the sponsor. You know, a wonderful, wonderful life's on offer. Grab yourself a sponsor tonight and it can start tonight. And I'm going to leave it at Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Sobercast is ad-free, and we'd like your help in order to keep it that way. So if you'd like to help us be self-supporting by pledging a dollar to a month, visit Sobercast.com and look for the donate links. Thank you very much.